welcome once again my friends to the irish in sweden podcast tis the last podcast of the year possibly most likely you can never rule out another one you never know who i'm gonna bump into the microphones are always in the bag so i could bump into somebody and i might have something news to bring you and i will but and the plan at the moment is that i'm going to get caught up in the whole christmas running around yule russian as they call it in swedish as soon as i get back to stockholm what do you mean back to stockholm listen aren't I coming to you from a hotel room in Dublin where uh, I'm not like all you lovely people are going to be coming back here for two or three weeks or um, you know, to go in here disappearing for the whole month of you like they can't do that lads I'm going to be in Sweden this Christmas so I have popped over uh, to visit the family here on the north side of beautiful wonderful Dublin city and to say hello and uh, that's actually where our first interview is going to come from this week but before we get into the podcast itself as we're in the, the habit of rounding things up at this time of the year I'd just like to say a huge thank you to everybody who has listened this year to everybody who has shared the podcast this year to everybody who has supported the podcast financially in particular I'd like to thank the Irish Chamber of Commerce in Sweden for their continued generous support to Martin Hessian, the wonderful Martin Hessian of Veerstrom's Pub. I'm hoping to bump into him and go in there for a drink at some point over the Christmas. Martin has been a very loyal and generous supporter of the podcast since day one. Uh, I'd like to say a huge thank you to Aunt Morrissey, who has come into my life and who has helped me with my podcast, this one and the Global Gale one. And indeed to Molly Breen, who's only just started working with us on these podcasts here, but is going to be helping out. Uh, she's also looking for other work, so if anybody can uh, can use a, a Trinity graduate, no less, with a business degree, do let me know. She's working on some business development stuff with me, and she is absolutely brilliant, lads. So thank you to absolutely everybody uh, who has been part of this podcast over the year. The guests, everybody who has turned up and in, been interviewed for this, everybody who sent a business shout out, uh, everybody who's been in any way involved, I'm really grateful to offer that because the podcast is for you it can't exist without you right it's you know me sitting here waffling into a microphone every week right i'll happily do it we all know that but um you listening and you taking part and you being on the podcast and telling your stories to me is what makes it worth it that's what makes community worth it and building that together has been an absolutely tremendous honor this year as it has been all years so we're going to kick off this podcast. We have uh, one guest a little bit later on who is making a very, very very welcome return to the Irish community in Sweden. It is no less than Billy Cheney. Uh, Billy, will remember, was over playing with the Stockholm Gales and he's a barber and he's an absolutely brilliant artist and he now finds himself back in Stockholm looking to get going again after a period in Barcelona. Uh, so he went down to Barcelona to get his portfolio together and some things went right, some things went less right and he finds himself back in Stockholm now and planning his next move. So he's available for all sorts of work but we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Before we do, as I mentioned, I'm in Dublin and there's a lot of you who will be coming to Dublin or through Dublin and who knows, you might be dragging a Swedish partner with you. So what I wanted to do, which is was, I wanted to share where you can get a few UDL Christmas goodies that the Swede in your life might be looking for and that they might have forgotten to bring with them or your bags were way over way overweight when you were bringing them here with Sass or with Ryanair and they said no no you'll have to take out that seal and that Yule must and that kind of thing well sure haven't they only gone and found the lads who import those things into Ireland and who sell them in a few shops in Dublin wasn't I poking about a little bit in this, uh, the Facebook group for the Swedes in Dublin and I found out that lots and co lots and company uh, who run a lovely high-end food shop or several lovely high-end food shops in uh, Beggar's Bush and in Terenure and where else oh and the one of course that I went to in Clontarf there so I got on and I talked to Rory there Rory English and Rory said yeah come down to the shop sure and I'll show you around the whole thing so let's check in with Rory now and you'll find out uh, how you're going to save Christmas for the Swede in your life lads if you play your cards right as well right you can turn out as absolute heroes to your spouse it's no shadow of a doubt about it if you pretend that their Christmas is absolutely ruined and you can't get that few bits and pieces then all of a sudden you go hang on a second I was listening to the Irish and Sweden podcast and this situation is now under control allow me to go and conduct some heroism on your behalf because I love you and you keep me in Sweden right so here you go here's how to do that Rory English from Lots and Company take it away there son
Rory, here we are in lots of company. How many Swedes have we had in here looking for their Christmas delicacy so far, would you say? Many, <laughs> many, many, many. Um, we've got a wonderful customer base in Swedes across the city. Um, since we opened the store in, in Vegas Bush in 2015, yeah. we've, since then we've fairly, uh, with a pretty strong line of Swedish goods in. Um, so people know it's there. And it's word of mouth. Where, where do they come from? If you like, because I was just looking, you have Yule Must, you have all the yeah. things that would be familiar to people yeah. listening to this podcast. Yeah. Do, you, do they tell you, look, at this is what we want? Or do you go, okay, we'll try this? Or It's a bit of both. Um, I have a bit of um, history with Sweden, so I have an interest. Um, but I've also, you know, yourself. Oh, oh you can't just gloss over that. <laughs> okay, okay, we, we'll wind it up. Okay, who was she? Um, oh, there was, no, there was, no, no, it was more of the country. I fell in love with the country. Um, <laughs> yeah, we I, all say that. I, we all have. I did, a, I did Erasmus years back in, in Lund. Oh, very good. Yeah. Um, and from then on, just been obsessed with everything Scandinavian. Um, lots of friends across from Norway, Finland, into Iceland, <laughs> over Sweden. Go back there every couple of years. Yeah. Um, love the food. Love the culture, love the people, yeah. um, and I recognised that nobody else was bringing in food. Yeah, from there. You're, so. you're an extremely uh, important and popular man in certain Facebook groups for the Swedes. Good, in, in here. Yeah, good, good. Is it is it a, a sort of a big market for you? Is there a lot of Swedish people to be coming in here? Um, yeah, it's really worth it. It's worth doing. It's not just a little uh, mini project on the side. Yeah, um, we would take in something like ten pallets every three months. Of different products. That much, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, particularly at this time of year. Yeah. The Yule must have been a perfect it's example. It's a big one, isn't it, yeah? Because um, you don't get anywhere else. No. Um, you get the IKEA versions and brands of various IKEA chocolate and coffee things, like that, but they they don't do the the real stuff. Yeah, the apothecaries is yeah, what everybody's yeah, after. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was just saying to my friend who drove me here, uh, explaining the story behind it mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Is it very expensive for you to source these things and to get them into the country? Well, it's expensive to transport it. Um, we've got a really good line into into Sweden at the moment, which I'm really happy with. We'd, we'd lost connection because of Brexit. Yeah, yeah. And um, we originally were working with the Scandinavian Kitchen in London, and they're brilliant. Yeah. Um, but it just became too hard to get anything from the UK to here. Yeah. So it took the guts of a year to find a new line in Sweden. It took that long? Yeah, it? yeah. It was a pet project, but it was one of those things where, not to be critical of the Swedish government, but oh, let's be critical of the Swedish government. It was very difficult to find someone who would hand over a supply list. There were lots of people who were very helpful, saying, "Oh, it'd be great that you're in contact and you want to import stuff, but I can't give you names of people because that would be anti-competitive." Oh, you couldn't do that. Yeah. Oh, geez, yeah. I recommend somebody yeah. not to tell. Yeah. So I was very lucky. Um, I ended up in contact with a lady through Denmark who was importing sweets around Europe, mm. or exporting sweets around Europe, who had a contact with a Swedish sweet company. Yeah. She put me in contact with them, and they do a huge amount of work with us now, and they also source a lot of the savoury items for us. So we say, we want this, this, and this, and they'll go track them down for us. Um, so it's, it's growing. Um, next step for us, we've always wanted to do, is bring in the, the fresher, frozen end of things, which is much trickier, transport, frozen stuff, all that sort of stuff. It's harder to do. There's an English lad in Gamla Stan in Stockholm, right? right. And he's getting Clonakilty sausages frozen and brought in. Right. And he will be, you know, he will get a sainthood or, yeah. you know, some sort of award from Michael D. Higgins yeah. at some point. Would you expect the same thing to happen if you can manage that here? <laughs> the Swedish king will be there. Well, that would be nice, yeah. But if he wants to rock in and get, get an old photo shoot going, <laughs> I would be very happy with that, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, is it only Swedish people or Scandinavian people who buy these things? Or do you find, you know, that people have been there, you know, Irish people have lived in Sweden like yourself, that they pick up these things as well? well we, we have that. So we have people down the country who we're do, we do a lot of online trade as well. They'll, they'll order their 20 bars of Marabou and things like that. But they're also the partners of the girlfriend or boyfriend who they're just like, OK, I'm going to surprise them. Yeah. Um, so it's a nice mix. And then there is the people like me who like, have spent time um, I have a good neighbour up where I am, and he spent a year or two in Sweden, and he's obsessed. So he'll be in for the cheese balls and the and the yulmus and all those things. So it's 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 a nice little link into that. It's it's, it's a small community, but it's a strong community in that sense. Yeah, yeah. it's really that's sort of, you know the Nordic Mar thing. You know the when people are watching all those TV shows and that kind mm. of thing. Did that create any more interest in Swedish culture? Because like I say, you're obsessed with it. You know, mm. do you kind of have to go there in the same way you did to? to get to the point where you're going to buy Swedish goods here, or will people experiment? I think they'll experiment. I think people who come to us 
expect a different offering. Um, and that's what we're here here to do. It's not just for the Scandies, but yeah. for everybody. We bring in stuff from Italy, Spain, the States. Um, we're trying to reach as far as we can to find those quirky things that you just can't get anywhere else. So they come in here and they might buy the thing that they came in for and 20 more things. And, yeah. and a fifth of that could be Scandinavian product that they're like, oh, I must try that. And then you hook them and they come back and back and back. Yeah. You sound like a drug dealer used to know, not too far from here. <laughs> come here. Let's take a look at the shelves here. Where do you sure. keep everything here? Do you sort of put it in a special Scandinavian section? Or? No, no, no. Um, we try to blend it in. So the crisps, we'll go over the crisps in confectionery, for example. Are you um, calling me fat? Is that what you're... <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying... All oh, right. Oh, look. Yeah. Like Straight away. Yeah. like you've got your kecks and your smash. Yeah. Um, we've all... All the bill are all against um, Bilar, yeah. The um, OLW stuff, yeah. yeah. Coeta, all the Swedish um, stuff there. We've all the the marabous. We try to mix it up rather than just like the dime is the most popular. Is it? Yeah. It flies out the door. That's the easy one, yeah. Um, but we'll have that and the milk and a couple of quirky ones which we'll swap around seasonally. We've the pepper cocker there at the moment. Okay, so marabou pepper cocker. I know a man who works for for marabou. He still hasn't given me one of those bars of chocolate. I'll have to have words with him. Yeah. Well, we'll hook you up. We'll hook you up. Um, <laughs> And then we've got all the Estrella, OLW, um, the Jordanut are, are a... Oh, the peanut rays, Jordanut's ring are up. They're, they're not a high volume seller, but there is a small market of people who you know, just come for that time and again. W- would you describe them as addicts, would you say? I think that would be fair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that would be yeah, fair. It would be fair. Is it, uh, yeah, so that's mostly the, so the sweets and the confectionery and that kind of thing. There has been people talking about the various different um, crisp breads and sill and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you mm-hmm. have a, a relationship with Abba the food maker rather than the band kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, they, we do get them in. Again, it's trickier because they're a fresher item we'll get them in occasionally they don't move as well as we think they should because yeah we, we like them is um, it the twice a year thing for midsummer and for yeah yeah yeah, yeah yeah you gotta you gotta make sure you have it at certain points and if you don't if you've missed the boat yeah it's gonna sit there there's a legendary story from a couple of years ago where i went looking for a christmas pudding on the 23rd of december in in sweden which is a dumb thing to do and i ended up getting one that was alcohol and gluten free i've never been as depressed in all my life have you had anybody here crying you know because they can't get what they're looking for on christmas eve well they'll come maybe for glug but we only have the non-alcoholic version so far and we're working on can we get the alcoholic one in or they'll come looking for it even accepting the non-alcoholic one but grudgingly <laughs> yeah but on Christmas Eve it could, and it's gone it's gone like yeah. not, we can't just it's pop it on an order have it the next morning it is yeah. when we run out we run out and yeah. Um, but we'll find an alternative. We'll do our best. To, yeah, yeah. Do you notice, is the community here growing? Are you seeing the same people all the time? Or are there new people, new Swedish people starting to show up? Because there are a lot of younger people showing yeah. up here working for various different tech companies. Yeah, they'll, 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 it depends. There is a really good regular base of people who know us, um, come back to us time again. Um, and then there are those who are here for two years. Um, whether it, it's primarily Google, say, over with the store in Berger's Bush. Yeah. They'll rock into Google and maybe... Airbnb or Facebook, something like that, and they'll do their stint, and then they're gone. Um, and hopefully, when their mate is coming over to do the same stint for a few years, they'll told them, "Well, this is where you have to go uh, to get the product, get the good stuff." Um, so it's it's not it's not a it's not a guaranteed base, but it's solid. Yeah. It's been tough over the last sort of year or two, in terms of, well, certainly over the last year, in terms of inflation, uh, the cost of living, the cost of food has gone up everywhere in Europe. Is it hard for you then to maintain a margin on these things? Because sometimes, you know, the old thing in supermarkets used to be the lost leaders, you know, putting stuff out there and trying to get people in. You can't do that with stuff from Sweden, really, can you? No, you can't. Like we, we make our margin. Um, we do. But there is, there is the wobble of the transport cost goes up and suddenly you're like, oh, is it worth it? But you take the long-term view on it that it is. Um, you might take a hit on one or two things, but for the most part, um, we know what people want, we know what they're going to buy, um, and we take risks around the edge on certain products and go, oh, we throw it in, who knows what might happen. Were you ever left stuck with a pallet or something that you just couldn't shift? Not quite a pallet, no, not quite a pallet. A few boxes here and there. <laughs> Was there anything in particular that... Uh... Well, there's, there's a very occasional demand for the anchovies and yeah, yeah. The, the fresh ones in the pink tin. Yeah. I can't think of the name of the brand. Um, and I took a risk on a couple of cases of those. I'd say we sold 
sextons. Do you know, funnily <laughs> enough, that's the one because it's part of the, is it the Janssen's Frestelse that mm. people are looking for? They're going, oh, you know, can we get that kind of thing over here? Yeah. So, but the, the last time you brought them in, there was only sixteen. Didn't, didn't budge. No. Yeah. Yeah, didn't budge. Um, and it's not were you eating them then until St. Patrick's Day, were you? Not on the top of my list, no. Um, <laughs> the advantage of what we do a lot of the time with fresher items is um, we can recreate it. Um, so we can recreate a special, um, things like that. And we can be very inventive with things that we know. But when you're dealing with a product that is quite unique in that sense, yeah. how do you reinvent that into a special on the deli? It's going to be tough. I don't, know. I don't know the answer to that. Unless you start doing the Janssen's wrestling yeah, ourselves. Possibly, and possibly. Yeah. Is, you know? well, we, we'll get to that. Yeah. When, when Swedish people come in here, do you find that they buy other things as well? You know, we're looking here, there's the Wagyu ribeye from West Cork, there's oxtail, there's, there's all sorts of other things. So do they do their weekly shop here as well when they come in for the, the crisps and the chocolates and all? It, you can see them wandering around and there'll be one Swedish product, two Swedish products, three Swedish products. It, you, can, you can pick them out as you walk around the store. Not that they don't buy the other things, they do. They're yeah. good regulars in that sense. But you will see at the weekend in here or Terry or wherever it is, a basket walking around you going, I know where they're from. <laughs> and you're like, you mean which country? Mm, I'm going to go with Norwegian today. <laughs> and so you can spot them a mile off. You can spot them a mile off. And it's a lovely way to you get an interaction at the tills. You get to talk to them and get a sense of where they're from and what they're up to and how they're linked. Um, and then get feedback. What's missing? What, yeah. what do you want? What could we try and get for you? Um, some things just aren't possible at the moment, but yeah. it's a way of connecting. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, would you say this is a growing part of your business or a stable part of your business? Stable, I think, would be fair. Um, but again, if I can find, uh, if I can develop a warehouse that has a big fridge, um, I can grow it. Yeah. Definitely. There's there's a lot of people who are involved in, in making foods and drinks and microbrewers and everything over there. Is there anything that the Irish community in Sweden could do to help you? Do you think? Do you need contacts? Do you need? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, call out anything cool, anything new. We're always looking for new stuff. Um, if someone wants to drop me an email, fire away, um, Rory at lotsandco.ie, um, reach out, and who knows what might come of a conversation. Um, how, how will you be celebrating? Would you do the Swedish thing on Christmas Eve, a little jar of sill yourself and your neighbour out at home? Well, uh, well actually, um, my mum cures a side of salmon for Christmas Eve every year. Um, so we have a cured salmon, um, and it, she typically goes with quite a Scandinavian take on it. Um, so I've influenced them in that sense, which is nice, and I, we love it. Um, so yeah, there's an element in there, yeah. yeah. And then Christmas Day will be the turkey and the ham and the whole lot. Brussels sprouts, the whole, the whole works, yeah. yeah. Do you have a January sale here that Swedish people might be able to take advantage of? We don't, we don't, but maybe we should. Maybe something to be considered. Um, yeah, maybe something to be considered. It might be a few cheap anchovies here in the Happy yeah, New Year. Be, yeah. <laughs> Rory, it's been brilliant to see everything that's here. We'll take a few pictures of that, but thanks so much for talking to us. Oh, an absolute pleasure. I, I, I love it. I love bringing in all the cool different things, and I love the chats at the, at the counter, and I love the variety that it brings, so I'm more than happy. And we get all the Swedes down here. You'll be jammed out down Please, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, we're ready for them. There you go, lads. That is Rory at Lotson Company. And certainly down in Clontarf, they had plenty of stuff altogether. He took us through some of it there. So do pay them a visit. If there is anything you need at uh, at the last minute, a bit of Yule must or anything else like that, just drop in there. Um, stocks are limited. Supplies are limited. There was loads of different Marabou chocolates there and all sorts of stuff that they had. And, of course, you know, you had the various sort of different snacks and that kind of thing. So, uh, And they'll do their best to sort you out for the bit of fish or whatever else you need to get on your Yule board if you're going to be in Ireland with your partner this Christmas. And I have to say that even if I was here, buy me lonesome and I could get a bit of sill and that kind of thing. Partial little bit of sill now and a few other bits and pieces that would be on the, the Christmas dinner table here in or here in Sweden and me sitting in Dublin to cheek them. Listen, uh, before we get on to talking to Billy Cheney, it was brilliant. He was able to come in just like literally just before I left. I was running out the door to get to Dublin, but I wanted to talk to Billy and I was delighted he was able to come over. But before we do that, right, I just want to remind you that you can support this podcast on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash our man in Stockholm. Throw in a five a month, lads. Make it your New Year's resolution, if you will. If the Christmas bonus has landed and you made an absolute fortune, uh, due to the largesse of your employer, please consider throwing in a five a month if you can, because it really does help to keep the lights on. And uh, I'm not going to lie, Anthony Morrissey has 
has some incredible plans for the podcast next year but we're going to have to fund them using various different forms of financing and part of that is that we get more and more patrons in there and if we do that then we're not really dependent on sponsors or businesses or that kind of thing now they're very generous and we're delighted to have them but it doesn't always work for them so you know there might be a situation where they can do it for three months or six months or two months or that's grand but if you're contributing a five a month it makes life much much easier for myself and for aunt and for molly to keep this podcast going right uh, if that doesn't suit you a five a month what's that 600 crowns a year you can switch that to one two three two four two four one six six one two three two four two four one six six if you can switch that few bob in there it would be absolutely tremendous i don't know it might even be tax deductible what do i know about these things what i do know is that everything that goes in via swish goes straight into the bank account and Yulia, the wonderful accountant she goes in there and she pays all the taxes on it and all the vat on it so that it's all above board so if you could do that that would be absolutely brilliant as well as i've said a thousand times as i said on pretty much every podcast i've done these podcasts will always be free right there's going to be no barrier to this content because i remember what it was like not to have a whole heap of money when i was starting out in sweden right so uh, they're always going to be there so if you're if you're set up now a little bit better and you can contribute i would very much appreciate it if you would do so if you can't do that or even if you can uh, please feel free to share this with somebody you work with right so if you're working for one of the english speaking schools in sweden don't assume that the irish person working next to you knows about the podcast not everybody has the fine discerning taste that you do so feel free to drop them an L whatsapp and said i've been listening to this agent since he started doing this and he annoys the hell out of me but it's good crack and the guests are always brilliant he's a clown but the rest of them are always brilliant so feel free to do that i don't mind you libel me slander me do what you will as long as you share the L podcast as i say drop them into the whatsapp groups or what have you i had a lovely lovely shout out i have to say from the stockholm girls camogues the greatest people in the world it has to be said the greatest women in the world some fine athletes there as well but they were really generous in terms of uh, of sharing it uh, which was absolutely fantastic so really grateful to them for doing that and if you could do the same thing it would be absolutely immense altogether right let us get to this chat with billy cheney billy is from dublin like myself and he's a great character altogether and uh, yeah i'm not going to tell a story for him though because then you just won't listen to the interview so we'll let him do that instead but he's had to, been away for a few months there and i have to say i missed him when he was gone and then i couldn't get hold of him as you'll hear during the podcast and i'm delighted now he's back and i'm hoping that you know uh, between us we'll be able to help him and get him back doing bits and pieces and see where he winds up next because he's a fascinating character and no matter what's going on with him i want to know what it is and you probably do too so here he is The return of Billy the Kid. Billy, how are you keeping? Not at all. It's good to be back in the, the Great White North, don't you? Right, so, so you basically, I don't know, certain people have leaving dues, right? They get together and people give them presents and they drink pints and they go, oh, hone, hone, we're losing. You vanished, Pat. What, what happened? <laughs> I, had to, I had to go off on an adventure at one point. Um, basically, I was just, uh, I had to take a trip out to try and organise a portfolio, an art portfolio. Mm. Just, uh, yeah, get into a new environment, put myself on the uh, on the back step and see what I can make happen, you know. And um, you have to find your inspiration. Where you go. And that took you to Barcelona in Spain. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was living in Barcelona for six months now, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just in Barcelona City around the Sands area. And then I moved just outside to a place called Sitges. Mm-hmm. About 40 minutes outside, nice quiet town. Uh, middle of nowhere, really. Yeah. And like it wasn't exactly plain sailing, if we put it like that, right? And yet you managed to last for six months. So, so what was it like? Was it easy in the beginning? Was there sort of an opportunity there that you went out? Oh, Jesus, I can't miss this kind of thing. Well, the one of the inspirations for God, however, I'm not sure if you've heard of Workaway, have you? Uh, not really. No, so Workaway is this website, it's like a social network where you pay fifty euro a year. Have your put in touch with people who will give you basically just bed and board, bed and food. And you do like then twenty hours a week of work for them. Yeah. So uh, at first I was working for this hostel, just doing random things. I started doing the marketing, and and then ended up doing the meal for them, which uh, which wasn't even playing sale themselves. Uh, they tried to not pay me, so I fucked it up for them. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's not gonna pay for my hard work. I'm not gonna give you my uh, my hardest. So it was just out and sort of, you know, spray can and wrecked everything basically. Was like, yeah, that was it. Like, there was like getting to a point where all was being finished, but uh, word had got around that I wasn't going to get paid. So I was like, well, 
that's how it's going to be. Uh, I guess I'll... And did you sort of match it to the office? Like, all right, lads, what's the story here? Where's my money? No, not even because uh, I tell you what, the same company, um, they actually scammed me one time before and because uh, they put up on this workaway website that it was a paid position. Yeah. I was like, all right, no worries. Perfect. I'll go over there. I don't need to worry about saving because I'll have some work over there that paid. Yeah. I can continue to do the art as well. Um, but yeah, get over there, troll a week. Manager fucks off after the troll week. I'm like, all right. Um, okay, I'll ask. I mean, it's not another manager. I guess I'll ask for a receptionist if I'm going to get paid. Oh, I don't know anything about this. You have to wait for a manager. So I wait for the manager. Uh, extends his holiday. And then I'm like, right, I better just make sure right. I know I was here for a paid job. I check online. Work away to remove the website or the, the advertising. Um, oh, well. Yeah, so that, that shows you what happened. Um, but yeah, I basically sent an inquiry to them to see what happened. And yeah, apparently it wasn't their first time. So uh Harvey, I'm the one who got them completely banned off work away, but I don't know how much uh, I can hold that to the truth. But Jesus, isn't a gas that, you know, it's great. You know, social media and these websites and, you know, the gig economy and inverted commas and this kind of thing. And, oh, yeah, we'll hook you up and deliver you an Uber Eats and Uber other. And yet, like, you know, for a young person like yourself, there's very little protection when these things go to shit, you know? Uh, how was that, Bill? Because you find yourself now in Barcelona and Spain, if that happened to you in Stockholm, you know people. You can ring me, you can ring any of the lads that you're hanging around with. Yeah, and everything's going, yeah, exactly, it's going to work out. Did you have the chance to build that in Barcelona? Do you know anybody who could help you? Well, the funny thing is, when you go over there and you're specifically working for this hostel, all you know are the people in this hostel. You know? Yeah, there are other worker layers like yourself, you know. Other people, like, to be now this is a weird thing to say. I was probably one of the older, like, well, like volunteers, a lot, but in very commas. Slaves, I think, of the word. Yeah. <laughs> Word, but uh, the bar keep that down just in case. Uh, yeah, so legal disclaimers, all that kind of jail. Yeah, I don't that down. I'll take them <laughs> there. But uh, yeah, so like, I mean, you look around, it's, I mean, they're looking more for me for advice than me looking to them, you know? Yeah, yeah. a bit more experience. So, I mean, for me, I kind of just have to take into consideration right here. I'm, I'm in Spain, it's not too bad. I mean, I, I have somewhere to sleep, I have somewhere to eat. Yeah. I can make money. I brought barbering beer with me. The hostel's a perfect place to make money. There's a chat. So, it was all these travelers going through, I haven't probably got their hair done in a month or two, you know? Yeah. It's a perfect spot for people to stop. But a lot of people get surprised for the fact there's this barber in the hostel. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just had to say to myself, look, you're in a shit situation. Get out. Yeah. That's what I did, you know? And then um, after after time goes on, I started looking to a different work aware. I ended up going out to a, into the forest, into the hills, a place called San Paul de Mar. It's a massive, I think it was a 13 meter villa yeah. on top of the mountainside. And I had like a, I was teaching an art class out there. So, well, can't complain there, you know. Yeah. Um, and then I went to Suches, as I said, worked in the house for a little bit. I've got all the skills now, carpentry, tiling, gardening. Just don't know what else. I did a mural out there. See, this thing, if they were... With the best will in the world, Bill, right? If anybody was going to be put in this situation, I would like it to be you because you're resourceful. You don't lose the head. You've also, like, you know, if it comes down to it, you don't mind fucking up somebody's mural if they're not going to pay you. That kind of say, you know, I mean, um, you have to take life into your own two hands and make some love, you know. Shake the shit out of it. That's it, you know, like, because um, especially, I suppose, the other, the other shit craft in Barcelona is with, with the culture that it's known for is the pickpocket. Yeah. What, what happened to you on that front? Yeah, so I got I got a double dose of it. Um, the first time was a bit more serious, and the second time, um, I was coming back from a, a street festival. I'd left some people at the metro, and I was walking over to my stop around this massive street called Diagonal, <laughs> and uh, I had this funny pack across my chest. It took me falling out to check the maps to make sure I'm on the right way. Put it back in. Zipper gets cut. I'm like right off, take this off, try and fix the zipper. Within ten seconds, I've taken off the funny pack. Two guys on any skewer, grabbed, gone. Straight down the if you if you know that Yeah. Goes on for miles. Miles, yeah. So once once they're once they're past the first week, people like oh no no chance of nothing. And they literally just it's a, it's a split second. They're split just second going by both. The thing about Barcelona is they don't want any violence, they don't want the confrontation, they don't want it to take any longer than a split second. Yeah, yeah. So I mean if there was a bit of tussle where I had a, a better grip on the bag, maybe I'd still have my shit today, you know. But, yeah. It is what it is, you know. And what was in there? Your phone? My Swedish phone. Swedish ID cards. 
some bank cards, a little bit of cash. Um, some weight, but we won't talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> but that's that's basically the essential. Yeah, exactly. Like you know, and they are in a foreign country. Uh, you know, you have to report all these stolen, these things stolen. You have no way of fucking doing that. Your phone is gone. You've been let down in terms of like you know, I mean, a little bit of cash that you had. I don't know if you had some reserves elsewhere. That kind yeah, of- like as I said, I brought my kit with me, so like. I mean, just get to work the next morning. Kind of like, this is it. Next morning, I woke up. Luckily enough, I kind of, I wasn't sure how I was going to travel because, to be honest, I didn't plan on spending the whole six months in Barcelona. Mm-hmm. The plan was to spend like, a month in Barcelona, a month in Marseille, like make, make my way around the south coast of Europe. Yeah. With obviously the circumstances change. And that's, you know, that I just have to change with the circumstances. Yeah. When I got into a situation where I wasn't sure if the haircuts would be enough because. You know, so I come to the end of the season where people are coming into the hostel. I just had to go out and look for other stuff. So I went to the first place I could think of another Irish bar. Go man yourself and for work, you know, and that that was that. And it worked out it worked out okay for you, yeah? Yeah, yeah got a few hours and with the work away you can kinda of, I mean, most people are easy, you know, as long as you do some sort of hours and yeah. help them however you can. I mean, everyone's easy, you know. Like the woman that I was working with, this English lady, she's I don't believe in work. Yeah. She just wants to fucking chill out and have a good yeah, time. Exactly. Like, it will beds. Hmm. Spend three hours every morning, Monday to Friday, and then the rest of the day is yours. Like, cool. You know, moon spend. He's fuel. Well, like, when you zoom out, then because you had both positive and negative experiences with work away, and I'm always conscious this fucking journalistic voice in the back of your head that they're not here to defend themselves. You know, part of me is saying fuck them. You know, but at the same time, like, is it something that despite the things that went wrong for you in Barcelona, that you would still recommend to other people? Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean. Workaway is probably the biggest safety resource I had when traveling. Was it, yeah? Because even though I paid 50 euro for back in June, I, I, I still use it for a year and say, right, this situation I'm in the hustle, I didn't really want to be there. Yeah. Right. I, I look on Workaway, I'll find something else, you know. And like, it could be anywhere, you know. Like, I found another place, one side of Barcelona, came back in the Barcelona, and then at the other side of Barcelona. Yeah. You know? And that was the plan I could go from Barcelona to Marseille. I could do workaways all the whole way. I mean, it makes life a bit easy when you're traveling. We don't have to think about the cost of yeah. your bed and food, you know. Stereo. Yeah. The most important thing is, geez, I remember being in Greece back in the day. Now, I'm not going to tell you what year it was because it makes me seem very, very old indeed. <laughs> and there was a couple of nights there. We ended up in a situation where the friend that I was away working with, he injured himself and all our money went to the doctors. And it was like, oh, we'll have a holiday at the end. No, you won't. You'll have to fucking keep working to, you know, to, to help him. And like, we put on money, you know, the three musketeers, no child left behind. Yeah. And it was like, but there was one night where I ended up like, you know, I'd been working somewhere and I ended up having to sleep outdoors waiting on a bleeding ferry for the next day or something like that, you know? Wait, I, I kind of, I won't lie, I often a situation like that myself. Yeah. Um, I went to the same place in Sitges twice. But I had to go to St. Paul's the Marion between. Yeah. And uh, there was two nights where, well, I had nowhere. So I had to devise a plan with the people that I still knew in the hostel. You know, people are getting fired left, right and centre because they try to cover up what they're doing. Of course, yeah, yeah. So, like, I think now, after leaving, I think there's maybe only two people that I know. Uh, maybe, like, 40 people I would have known. Wow. So, uh, yeah, it was basically just common, like, geez, has, has the manager let... Yeah. Oh, so you didn't have been there in Lava Bed? a few hours there and then before anyone comes in the morning I nip out again yeah walk around I'd leave my bag there just in one of the other guys uh, bedrooms and then yeah come back out that night same thing again if I up the next day and then off to send all the mail was so that's all together again but it's it's that great resourcefulness that we've come to know and love with Billy and the Irish community here and um, you came back to us. I mean, I was delighted the other day when you popped into the WhatsApp group and you said, yeah, I'm back. Anybody needs a haircut, a mural, a bed made, carpentry, any of that kind of thing, you know? Yeah, that's it. You know, it was like, now, now after experience Spain and experiencing my own resourcefulness more than what I thought it could be. Yeah. Like, uh, okay, here we go. Back to a familiar space, but trying new things, you know? Yeah. Until I decide to get lost again, I suppose. What the next thing is going to be. Did it feel nice? You said to me there just before we started recording, you came back really late on Friday night. Did it feel nice to be coming to Ireland or to be coming to Stockholm, somewhere that you know maybe a little bit better than Barcelona? I mean, yeah, it, it was a tough one because I, like, say the day before, I was still, still in Barcelona, it was still hot weather, 30 degrees. Yeah. She said, I was drinking cava for my lunch, you know, after. But you loved that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, wow, that's a thing I break from. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for uh, four, six months and months. 
Yeah, it's, well, it's so cheap there as well. Like you know, that's, it's just a culture. You know, yeah. you go for your siesta, fiesta. I mean, yeah, you know, before your siesta, you drink during your fiesta. You know, yeah. So you kind of yeah can't help it, but I mean, coming back here, I mean, there was some dreads. You know, like just, I had to kick it up a gear coming back there. You know, yeah. Like in Barcelona, I could kind of get comfortable. I had a nice place I could stay for a while. It was a good gig. I can get a bit of work. I could do like my draws, my paintings, practice portfolio. Yeah. I was learning Spanish. You know, I was incorporating all these new things in the Willows. I was like, right, I can't stay here forever now. Yeah, yeah. So I need to get a lecture. Yeah. So coming back here, I mean, I probably have a different stop home experience to most people. You know, my, my Saturday was filled with psychedelics and having crack on them. Yeah. Yeah, you know, creating and, stuff. And yeah, like, uh, Heard of staying with a mate who's uh, moving back to England, but he's a lad who, who like works here on murals here in Stockholm. We've shown festivals together. Yeah, good, right? We do a lot of this. He showed me how to tattoo stuff like that. So, I mean, no better place for him to come back after going off trying to develop a portfolio. You know, I come back straight to me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like it's not, not like a muse. Like it's always great to have somebody like that that you know you can learn things from and. That maybe they're a little bit further along the road than you, so he can say, right, I tried that, didn't work, try this instead, kind of thing, you know? Exactly, yeah. What's the plan now? Because, I mean, you did exactly what you always do. You hit the ground running, you went, right, lads, I'm here. You know, if you want a haircut, if you want a mural, whatever. How, did people respond to that? Have you got bookings now? So, I mean, a lot of people are just saying hello, and I, like, guys, I didn't really expect much. I've been gone for a while. I don't know why I probably was cutting their hair. Probably barber. Or they've gone bald like me. Bald, you know. <laughs> It's the way of the world, my friends. <laughs> have a, we can't all have good hair and good looks, you know. Like our good self, you know. We'll see how we preserve them. Yeah, this is it. All the stress I put myself on there, probably not. Well, I, did, I think yeah, that way, as long as you take it the right way and don't let it get in on you too much, as I say, like that resilience that, that we all see in you is a great thing to have in those situations, you know. Uh, what do you need from people now? Are you looking for work in the art sphere? Are you working for work in teaching, barbering, or do you just. Do the bitty thing, like I, I, I've I've kind of come to this conclusion that you know I started traveling to get experiences and mm-hmm. inspiration, and the more stuff I do, I mean, the more experiences I can have, and then like I've got two hands I can use, and I don't think I think I've got two brain cells to work together as well. You know, I more than that. You know, like uh, yeah, I mean anything. You know, anything at all. Let's go. This is it. I'm not. Well, beggars can't be choosers. You know. Yeah, and uh, like I've dealt with. It's funny as well, like the, you probably know some of my experiences as well from, you know, going from a, a simple job, I was barber, some people might seem as complex, but to me it's somewhat simple to then do more complex things like pulling the, the street air festival. Yeah. So like I've done everything in between, you know, I had to build the street air festival from the ground up, you know, mm-hmm. and that's where Carpentry was in play before. Like, yeah, I, I tried to be a jack of all trades, I suppose. Do you, do you enjoy that though? Because like you, to me, you always seem to embrace the uncertainty of this. You know, say so like people my age now, and that kind of thing is got. Oh Jesus! Like get the house, get the car, get the life insurance. I went to the bank the other day, and I talked. To, I was talking to them about pensions, and I felt like a dirty coming out of it. It's like you know, oh no, you're young, you're rock and roll, now you're not. You know, no, it's and it's bleeding horrible. Like you know, but but you seem to embrace that uncertainty. Does it ever sort of you know? But because when your mate moves back to England now, can you take over his apartment? Are you, you know, financially able to do that? Not gonna do, or do you even want to? Financially able? No, probably not. I mean, when I got robbed the first side, they were a real professional side. They got into the bank account, stuff like that. Oh, well. Yeah, I mean, but like, I think that way, right? Like, that's a... It's a lesson learned. Yeah, it's actually a lesson learned. But the funny thing is, before I set off on my travels, I was a spirit. I had two, I had two phones with me. Yeah. I, I, I anticipate a lot of this but I've already been in anticipating such an extreme thing, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm certainly not twice as well. Like, yeah. like you know, I, I try to tell them all my things. I try to tell myself a lot of these things, like, uh, you know, pressure makes diamonds, you know? Yeah, yeah. The, the worse it gets, the, the better it can get, you know? You have to fall so low to it. Exactly, yeah. There's a, there's a bottom to everything, you know? This is it, you know? And, like, becoming an artist is such an experimental you know, career and, you know, it's definitely not one that I can guarantee success and yeah. I'm definitely going to fail. So maybe it's better that I fail in other parts of my life that, you know, once I build up my career and, you know, become a more well-rounded person. Yeah. I mean, does, it, does that thing as well that no good art ever came of comfort, you know, so, so being out there and on the streets and that kind of thing. I find that 
areas today when I'm in the most comfort to create because when I just I'll sit back on the sofa, yeah, just watch the movie. I might been working all day. What's the point? And like the funny thing is, meeting people along the way, and like I remember working with one of the chefs in the Irish pub, what did the cut down? And he was showing me some of the drawings. He's, he's been there. I was like, yeah, man, these are really good. Have you got a tattoo machine? He's like, yeah, I bought one. And I was like, have you tattooed them? And he's like, oh, no, I haven't got the time. And I was like, why not? I said, like, well, I'm a chef, you know, I have to be in at this time. And I don't yeah. finish till this time. And I was like, that day in, day out. And, you know, if you don't make time for certain things because you're trying to have comfort the rest of the time, yeah. you're never going to get anything you really want done, you know? Yeah. He doesn't want to be a chef, but he's probably still be a chef for a while, you know? Well, it's until you come to that point where you just can't deny that voice anymore, like, you know, because I, I often say when I talk to, I'm actually going to a school this afternoon to talk about it. And like for years, I would do everything around media, but I'd never call myself a journalist because I was afraid to fail at it, you know? And there is that thing if you go, oh no, and I had a good job and I had a company kind of thing. And it doesn't make you happy. Or if you have a niche that you have to fucking scratch, yeah. you got to do it. Yeah, and even if it causes like, even if it causes you pain, you know, you still, like, someone told me before, you can't spell paint without pain. Yeah. That's true. Oh, for how, like, is it, you have to give a lot of yourself to get a lot back. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're, like, the hard, the, the, the things you want in life aren't going to come easy. No, no. This is the thing. But hey, you're living proof of that. You know? One of the things I have to say that it was I was mildly disturbed when you said that you were getting rid of your football boots. Right? Does, <laughs> does that mean that Billy is finished as a Gaelic football and a hurler? Because we have a hurler team now in Stockholm. Yeah, I thought that was why you came back. The, the hurling, the hurling, you know, I was sick when I left because I think it was maybe two months after I was like, the fuckers are getting all the I think it is. Yeah, they were all over the place, like, yeah. Uh, but, you know, some things have to, they'll come in at certain times of life and so, like, I love to play ball. I love to play hurl, especially. But yeah, you know, just have to bring a hurl around with me around Europe, or you know, geez, if you had had that in Barcelona that night, it would have been different. Yes, <laughs> need a story. It would be like Colin would come in after two lads on an e-scooter. You know, if you shouldn't say, you know, it might be a crackle shot. <laughs> exactly. I might have taken the two, whatever. It would be like Hollywood, you know. But would you, is that the kind of thing that, like, you know, that would appeal to you about coming back here, or do you think that this is going to be a sort of a springboard to somewhere else, or how do you sort of see the the coming years? Well, this this is the funny thing. I started to kind of put my mind like originally, as I said, I was having plan to be in Barcelona. Yeah, tested out like yeah, maybe two if I liked it. Yeah. So I think now it's just trying to feel what comes to somewhat of a natural end, like yeah, like say in Barcelona, I wasn't getting enough hours in the bar. And I was coming up to Christmas, the workaway place that I was working on was, they host cyclists and stuff, so mm-hmm. they wouldn't have been able to have me there. So, you know, things kind of come as, at their own time, and then, right, where's next? And originally I was like, I would just find somewhere in France to go, until my mate said, look here, I'll get your flight for you, you pay me back when you get over, and then, uh, yeah, you help me out. Put all my stuff away, he's given me a lot of hours to fly, some really, like, super, really nice stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and... Because I was like, he can carry it back to England, you know? Yeah. He's volumes and volumes of stuff. So, in a way, like, even though in my own head, I was like, I'll just go to France, see what, see what I can muck together. Yeah. I've come back here, right? I've got a lot of new art supplies. I've got uh, new sketchbooks, right. different types of sketchbooks. Do you feel a sort of an obligation when these things fall into your lap that you go, geez, I have to do something with this now? For sure. Like, it's like... Like the funny thing is, like I, I kind of owe it to myself because I always wanted to do art, you know. Yeah. One of the reasons I became a barber was to help pay, because I know art isn't it. It's hard to make money, kind of hard to make money for having art. It might not even be a possible thing, you know. It's like, I, geez, I might, I might go until I'm brown bread and not making it heavy off the art, you know. Like that is serious money at least. Um, it's like that thing of when James Joyce was living in Paris. Like, can we talk about James Joyce now? The great about James Joyce spent most of the time struggling to pay his bills. And his father was the same, like you know. Yeah, like I, I look at it, like that's how I look at it. Now. Like yeah, I'm struggling, but not not with hair on, on my brain and that you know. Like it's just a it's just a position I'm in now. You know, I'm not not position. Like I was like this maybe when I was fourteen. You know, it was probably the last time I didn't have. You know, I'm not that I have much money. I've been able to get myself into a mindful position, but like yeah, you know, at such a low position to start be from the ground up again. You know, but that's I need to be from the ground up if if. I've put so many habits in, especially, you know, coming a barber, completely coming away from art. Mm. I used to draw every day. Mm. It'd be, so I'd stop me from drawing. 
Yeah. And then I did Barbara still John some more. And then slowly over time, Barbara took such a hold. I was going so far in that. Then I was like, right, I guess artism is really a thing for me now. And then it, it isn't until you, you know, you rupture your comfort in some way. Like, you, you, like I think it was just always in Ireland. It's kind of hair. It's the same all day, every day. Now. Yeah, yeah. Got to get out. Kind of yeah, and do something. And then I was like, right, I'll just go here in a different country, you know, like. Barbara, that's kind of one of the reasons I picked it, the universal thing. Yeah, yeah, no matter where I go, someone will need a haircut. Proven, you know, it's got hair in, where is it? Dublin, London, Lisbon, Barcelona, Stockholm. Yeah, I've hit a few. So that's always there, kind of thing. Yeah, you know, like, always, for me, it's acquiring as many skills as I can to take through life, because you never know, like, what you might need, you know? Yeah. As I say, I have carpentry now for it. If and when I do get my own gaff, yeah, to hold my own beds together now, and I have to do that, I can make tables, yeah, you know. I'd like, even though I'm struggling, same with James Joyce, he still became somewhat of a success, you know, yeah, yeah. So, actually, something, yeah. If there's anybody listening to this, you know, in an ideal world, Bill, if somebody had you know a project, what would you like to get stuck into now to tide you over the Christmas and the New Year? Would it be a mural? Would it be somebody commissioning a piece of art for you? Would it be a haircut? Would it be all of those things? Like, well, let's show up. My first responsibility is this isn't an ideal world, you know? Yeah. And that's that's the one thing to take into account. So, I mean, if someone has a mural idea they want to put together, paint an idea, some sort of graphic design, like, it's, it's literally just anything. Anything at all, yeah. You know, let me help you. Help me help you, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, creative minds. If you need creative problem solving. Yeah. You know, that's what I do. Okay. I think we have 23-odd minutes of evidence of that, right? Yeah, you know? like, yeah. You put, you put me into a situation, you know, that's... Yeah, I'm either going to get out of it, kick in or... Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, we'll die with our boots on one way or the other. You know? And I was just trying to, like, I want to go down kicking at least. This is it. You know, die trying... Um, how can people get in touch with you, Billy, if they have any of these things, you know, if they're looking for any of these skills that you can bring to the table? Well, the, the best thing, you know, I, I've decided, you know, I have to try and think what's what's the most, you know, universal way of communication. Because obviously I've lost two file numbers now. Yeah. Probably the Instagram is probably the best, which is just Billy the Kid underscore. Billy the Kid underscore Insta. So Billy the Kid is like all one word, all one word. underscore Insta. Because you lost your Instagram account. Yeah, lost so I was just added to the uh, there was a little sprinkle on top I just got a SIM card just got a phone back I, had a, I haven't got a phone for two months wow uh, yeah because I was texting you I was going this cheeky bastard better get back to me soon enough I'm still letting you know I only got the Irish number back I, I, sorry God knows how many messages I have on my status oh wow yeah Jesus <laughs> you, you got a lot of angry ones from me I can tell you that what <laughs> <laughs> don't bother doing that like, yes but you get, what happened to the Instagram? Did somebody hack it or something like that? Oh, yeah, wait. That's maybe what I could assume. Like, it's, it's not sending codes to a certain it to the file number that I have. Like, so, yeah. It's a problem that uh, irked me for a day. I had to get by, you know? Yeah. And that's the thing, you know? Like, um, for for other people, like, you might, like, but that was my business Instagram as well that got lost. It was, like, at over a thousand. It, like, I wasn't serious into building it, but, like, it, it built up organically exactly. there. Contexture, say for Stockholm, like to get around for stuff like that. I was there organizing haircuts coming back here. Uh, yeah, I remember it was funny. I started organizing the haircuts. Then the next day it was gone. I, was like, I better try to figure it out. Instagram doesn't have the support, you know, but I just, just as anyone wants to know that. <laughs> yeah, look for support. <laughs> Don't come at me going, oh, you should contact this guy. It's not going to happen. Not working. Money. Just you look, leave it to that. Yeah, exactly. Like myself, you know, I fucked up my Instagram was gone. I have money to think about, I have money to think about, I have friends to think about, family to think about, you know, it's just more, more and more to think about than your Instagram. But right now, Billy's not worried about his Instagram, but if you're listening to this, you should be, right? At Billy the Kid underscore uh, Insta is the Instagram account. Bill, thanks so much for coming down, and it's great to oh, see you. Pleasure. There you go, Billy Cheney, ladies and gentlemen, open to all sorts of part-time work and anything that's going on, and just a great character, great guy to have around the place, loved the lad from the moment I met him, uh, I think we've had a Gaelic football tournament down in Copenhagen, 
and you kind of see him in the WhatsApp groups and that kind of thing. But I don't have time to go training all the time. And Billy turned up down there, and he's just great chap altogether. I hope you enjoyed that chat. That is pretty much it. As I say, you can never guarantee it, lads. There's a week a few weeks ago where I think I put out like four podcasts in the one week, just because I happened to be talking to the likes of the great Brian Downey, the drummer there. Uh, it is Christmas time, right? So get out there and in any way you can support any Irish-owned business that you know is out there. Get onto Carl Stein at Tushed. Get onto to Mutley and Jack's uh, for your coffee. Get onto the micro brewers uh, to the lads. Get onto uh, Keen Brewing. Get onto the Mailer Dolan Brewing Company, the Uncharted Brewing Company down below in the south. There's another lad has a brewery out in Uppsala that I haven't been to yet, but by Jesus, I'll be there soon enough. Uh, help out our friends there at Taylor and Jones, now known as the Butcher's Deli on Hantvaka Gotan. Uh, if you do see Irish products on the shelves of the shops, do let us know. And of course, we have the Irish in Sweden WhatsApp community, right? If you haven't heard of this, right, it's a WhatsApp group. It's not a WhatsApp group, it's a community, Phil. Use the right words for the love jesus you're supposed to know these things right it's a whatsapp community and in it there are four groups there's one for events there's one for sports there's one for music and culture and there is one for business right and you can use those groups to communicate with other people and to tip people off and to let them know when you see irish products out there in the wild or if there's a gig going on rant like that right so uh, let others know about those things let me know about those things and i will post them in the groups as well um, hopefully what we are looking into and what you're looking into what we have ahead of us now is you know, they call it the most time the most wonderful time of the year for a reason I hope that you have a fantastic time with friends and family I hope that there's something in your fridge that there's something in your glass that there's something under your tree that you're feeling loved and that you're feeling safe and that you're feeling that you have something to look forward to in 2024 and if you don't have any of those things or if you're missing any of those things because the Irish in Sweden is not just a, a podcast and it's not just a website it's not just a, a whatsapp community or any well like it is it's all of those things but it's also us meeting in real life and helping one another out and if there's anything i can do to help you and you know if there's anything we can do to help anybody in the irish community here ask whatever we can do we'll do our absolute best to make sure that everybody is getting the best experience they possibly can whilst they're part of our irish community in sweden again thanks for all the support during the year be that financial emotional uh, shares on instagram whatever it happens to be i'm really really grateful that i have the chance to keep doing this and I fully intend to keep continuing to do this for you all the way through 2024. The merriest of Christmases, the happiest of New Year's to you all. I will see you again in a couple of weeks when Christmas is over and we'll see what we'll dig up then for the Irish and Sweden podcast. Until then, my friends, take care of yourselves, take care of one another and I'll talk to you all again very soon.